0: This is Founder Coffee. Every few weeks, I have coffee with a different founder. We discuss life, passions, learnings, in an intimate talk, getting to know the person behind the company. For this 48th episode, I talked to Udish Yadnanan co-founder of Mopinion, an all-in-one user feedback platform for high-traffic websites. Mopinion started when Udish and his co-founders had a digital agency that developed websites and apps. One thing they noticed was that getting qualitative information about the user's perspective beyond quantitative analytics was hard, and their customers were wrestling with it. That's when they knew they had to develop a solution for this problem. Before my opinion, Uresh started a t-shirt printing business. He had the idea for a t-shirt for young kids that was extremely customizable by using velcro stickers. The business ultimately failed because of issues with the supplier, resulting in a large amount of unusable stock. That's when Udesh learned his first lessons as an entrepreneur, temporarily set his dreams aside to join the digital agency world, only to be back years later with his own digital agency, and finally with Mopinion. We talk about why Mopinion focuses on the European market, how, as a CRO, he spends his time crunching data, the ethics of habit building in software, and why you should start selling your product as soon as possible. Welcome to Founder Coffee. Hey Uresh, it's great to have you on Founder Coffee.
1: Thanks, uh, thanks, Shirun. Thanks for the invite. Great, uh, great being here. Yeah, you're a co-founder of, of
0: Mopinion. Um, for those who don't know yet, what do you guys do exactly?
1: Yes, of course. So Mopinion, it uh, it stands for my opinion, and basically what it is. We are a SaaS user feedback platform um, and we give uh, digital enterprises insights on how their customers experience their website, their mobile apps or their email campaigns. So basically we collect digital feedback uh, on all of those channels and uh, then the software runs uh, analysis on it so you can use that data to to improve those channels.
0: Yeah, so who are who are typically sort of your customers for this?
1: Um yeah so in terms of uh, of businesses uh, of course we focus on uh, large uh, traffic uh, websites so we uh, we focus a lot on uh, online retail uh we had a lot of travel customers but of course due to corona that's a bit different yeah. now <laughs> we have um, a lot of uh, technology companies that use mm-hmm. us and if you talk about personas so the, the roles uh anyone uh from ux uh professionals to uh, digital marketeers or uh web analysts people that are more responsible for the data um so it's a mixture of uh of uh, of personas that we uh, that we work with, and they all have their own goal, uh, and all uh, they have their own reasons on why they why they want to use our software.
0: Yeah, what what are some of the the typical reasons for companies to use your software, and 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 what qualifies them as a as a high traffic
1: website? Um, so let's start with the uh, with uh, with the uh, the last uh, last question. So, uh, what qualifies them is that um, in order to uh, retrieve and to get a useful feedback, you need to have uh, at least over uh, a million unique uh, visitors per month. Well, we say we work with page views, so I would say one million mm-hmm. page views per month, because if you don't have enough volume then you don't will receive a lot of feedback and the funny thing is with our software is that i don't know why but um, um uh, people always think in uh okay so i pay this and i will receive uh, this number of feedback items so one feedback item will cost me a couple of euros of course it doesn't work like that in the end it's about the quality of the feedback um so if you if you would pay a license and you have a small number of visitors and you will only receive a couple of feedback items people can feel like hey the software is not working it's not the software is yeah basically you just don't have enough uh traffic so that's why we said if you're gonna to be really uh to 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 be really uh useful and uh uh to have a lot of useful insights you need to have a lot of traffic because the more traffic you have the more feedback you can uh, you can collect um and that's why we mainly focus on uh, the larger uh yeah i would say medium to large uh, sized businesses uh in um yeah the industries that i just mentioned uh, uh online retail financials right. uh, tech um So that's uh, uh, the the page views. The reason why they work with opinion, it depends. So if you are like a conversion rate uh, expert, you want to increase conversion. So you want to know like, okay, so I have this ordering funnel. I see visitors coming in and I see visitors leaving the page without placing an order. Why is that? Of course, you have the numbers. You have Google Analytics or any other tool that you use. You do your A/B testing, but that's only focusing on the digits, only focusing on the numbers. In order to really find out what's happening, you need to ask your uh, your visitors or your customers uh, that question. If you are a uh, UX uh, uh, expert, um, you want to make sure that the user experience is smoothly. Um, so, after specific processes, after specific tasks, you want to ask, "How did you experience this?" and how do you rate this specific process what are things that we can do to make it easier or to improve this process um so it always comes from uh, the will to uh, and the need to make something better um you you collect the experience of of, of a user uh, you use those insights and with that information you can then optimize your digital channel or a specific process
0: Yeah, understood. Uh, Is is that also like like tell me a bit more about why you guys started Opinion? Is this were you working at this type of company, or did you have an agency, or where did this exactly where did the spark like happen from Opinion?
1: Um, so basically, when we started uh, working together, uh, I started a business with two of my uh, uh, co-founders, Florence and, and Case. We first started basically developing websites and apps. And actually, it was through one of our customers who started uh, asking questions. And this was in 2009. Uh, and I think it was in 2010 when uh, we, uh, we came across this uh, uh, this, this topic. Um, they uh, that, that specific customer asked questions about uh, about feedback on the website, and it was still pretty new because back then uh, Twitter was still upcoming, uh, social media was still was still growing, and we've noticed that a lot of a lot of um, um, people out there they were sharing their feedback indirectly with companies on social media, but there were no easy ways to share your feedback directly with companies. Um, So that's basically the idea that we uh, started playing with. And we did some research. We've noticed that you already had uh, a tool in the US back then that was already experimenting with the user feedback. Uh, You had a couple, actually. Some some were doing it through like communities and others were doing it through uh, feedback forms. And that basically triggered us like, hey, this could be something. Because if you think about it, uh, a lot of the digital teams, they only work with quantitative data with numbers and we could build something that can give them um, um, you know useful insights actual insights and and actual feedback from uh, from those users but funny enough it wasn't until uh, 2013 that's when we uh, launched the first uh, solution but the company wasn't what it uh, what it is today because we were still f- figuring out, are we going digital? Are we going to focus on feedback from offline channels? And then we ended up doing a partnership with a large research agency and they pushed us more towards the offline feedback. So we were still figuring out what the best uh, way was to do this. And it wasn't until 20 mid-2015, uh, 2016 when we said, okay, we need to stop uh, doing a little bit of everything and we just need to focus on digital feedback. That's uh what we know most about uh we all have roots in digital we understand the business so let's focus on building the saas user feedback platform and become the biggest in, uh, in 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 europe so that's how it basically uh yeah started uh up till the, today yeah so you basically you saw that digital companies
0: have all this fancy analytics running uh, yeah. You had experience with that. You said, "Okay, next to the analytics, we want to have some actual user feedback." And 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 what is exactly the issue that you guys are specifically tackling better than others? There is it. That you make sure that people get more of that
1: feedback and better feedback, or you, you mean compared to competitors? Or? Compared to competitors, yeah. Yeah. So, so when we when we started, uh, you, we already had a couple of competitors out there. And what we've noticed is that a lot of them, they were only focusing on data collection. So, indeed, collecting feedback and making it easy to collect feedback. Um, what we uh, saw happening in twenty sixteen. Was that wait, you know the market started uh, testing things out, but now the market is becoming more mature. So their need will also change. So instead of only focusing on data collection, they also need to have uh, solid and comprehensive uh, analytics to 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 understand the data. So that's what we started focusing on. So instead of only making it easy uh, to collect feedback uh, in my opinion, you can also, run proper analysis you can do data visualization you can use uh, questions and combine them Uh, we do open text analytics and that's something that really differentiates us Um, so it's 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 more than only uh, a simple feedback form
0: yeah okay so that, that that's why you're also focused on higher traffic websites
1: because they have much more feedback than others right exactly yeah yeah true and also a lot uh, uh, made mostly uh, high traffic websites. They have more processes, more things are happening. Mm-hmm. And if more things are happening, they need more feedback. And if they need more feedback, yeah, then of course uh, our solution is one of the solutions out there that's suitable for them.
0: Yeah.
1: Understood. So this all grew for you out of uh,
0: digital marketing space, I would say. I see, yeah. I, I see that you, uh, you had a company before and then you worked in some other agencies as well.
1: Exactly. Yeah, so the, correct. So um, after I graduated in, uh, when was that? Oh man, 2005, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, funny enough, I actually, after I graduated, I started uh, my first business uh, that was more focusing on product development. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh but I had a background through my studies in uh, in uh, marketing and uh with a focus on digital. so after that company unfortunately uh, when that uh failed, I decided to work in the advertising industry, mainly focusing on digital and uh, during one of those uh one of those uh companies, I met my other co-founder and we've noticed that we started talking a lot about software. Digital marketing, and that's where we decided hey, you know, maybe we should just quit our job and start uh, building our, our own agency. Um, and that's also uh, how I met the other co founder, True Case Flores, and he is a technical guy. And uh, basically, yeah, we combined, we combined our powers, and then uh, this is what happened.
0: Yeah. Cool. So, so it was, a, was the was the company you started right after university? Was that your first sort of startup project, or did you have more before?
1: Yeah. So it was basically a spinoff of what I was already doing in university. So back then, I used to do uh, I used to design uh, a lot. So uh, Illustrator, Photoshop, all of that stuff. So what I used to do in uni to make some extra money, um, uh, if you had an idea, like an image, specific image that you wanted on a T-shirt and uh i would design a t- uh, i would design it for you i would print it i would then put it on a t-shirt and i would sell you that that t-shirt so uh it was like a small little business but well, it was really popular because yeah you know uh, uh, customization was a big thing then and customizing your own t-shirt was still something relatively new and uh through that idea we came up with the idea of hey wait um, why design um, images on your shirt if we could also develop like uh, special stickers that you could then put on your t-shirt? Um, then we figured out, wait, stickers is maybe more interest, maybe more interesting towards the younger uh, audience. Let's say uh, children between uh, three till uh, till six hey wait if we make those stickers we can also license it to fund uh you know to companies and we can use their brand for instance uh we uh were doing things with nintendo uh we were doing things with uh uh well we were trying to do uh, a partnership with studio 100 uh, the belgium uh Belgium company with uh, with Boomba and all those ch- yeah with the kids uh, so stuff. stuff so that was basically my first uh, business so we decided this uh, this uh, special T-shirt it had like a, a Velcro patch uh, on it uh, nicely done and then we had the special t- stickers made in China of the special material because it couldn't be uh, plastic but um, yeah unfortunately that went uh, that didn't it worked out really well we we were doing quite well but then. We had uh, difficulties with uh, with uh, one of our manufacturers, and they uh, delivered just before Christmas. They delivered the uh, the stickers, and the stickers, the material that they used was just normal plastic, and that wasn't allowed in the EU. So we had to get rid of. Uh, I think it was worth 40 or 50 k of of stock, and that oh, basically okay. and that screwed us over. And that was I think I was uh, 25, 26 then um so yeah we had we were forced to uh to stop that business but i learned a lot because we were doing sales hardcore we had to walk into stores with our product and we used to sell it on the spot so of course nowadays everything is uh uh going through uh, uh ads and 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 inbound marketing etc but back then this particular product i had to sell it basically uh uh, life in the, in the in the in the physical shops. Um, yeah. So that's uh, that's uh, interesting qualities that you learn there.
0: Yeah. Was that your first sales experience, or?
1: Um, well, I used uh, as a as a part time job. I also used to sell, uh, like, uh, how do you call it, like uh, tailor t- sales, like uh, on the phone in a call center. Then I had to sell, I don't know, a subscription to a newspaper and and all of that stuff, uh, but uh my first uh, when we started this particular business that was my first real real experience of uh of, of hardcore sales
0: yeah like you you got you, you just mentioned that you guys have all the ads and the, and all the inbound things but you do still do enterprise sales right
1: uh well it's a uh, it's basically what we've uh, set up is uh, a whole inbound uh uh model so uh we i was reading the book uh what was it called again predictable revenue uh, by aaron ross the salesforce uh, salesforce guy and yeah. he, he was on the podcast previously by the way it was uh, episode 10 or something yeah cool i saw it indeed yeah so cool. th- he basically ins- was the inspiration of the model that we uh, that we set up so we have uh, all the leads we collect through content so we focus a lot on uh, on content production whether it's uh, blogs or uh, nowadays, podcasts, just like you guys, or uh, or uh, guest blogs or webinars. Through that, we get uh, really good rankings in Google. Uh, yeah. People they find us, they sign up for a trial or they request a demo, and then we qualify them, and uh, and that's how we then book the demos and uh, and then hopefully sign them as a customer. So that's the that's how we do how we generate our leads. The whole enterprise thing is because our software, it's uh it's you know it's it's different. You need to uh, you need to uh, demonstrate what it can do, but also you really need to understand the need of a, of a user in order to uh, to, to to sell it uh, to them and to uh, to make sure that they can make the most out of it. Um, and that's why we also have to do the the one on one demos. And um, and after we sign them, we have the whole onboarding team. Uh, and next to that we have the support team because yeah you have to you know implementing the script on your website is one thing but then figuring out where do you use the feedback forms what kind of uh questions do we ask what kind of ratings do i should use uh what are mm -hmm. the best practices uh those are all things that we need to uh need to need to support them with
0: yeah definitely um I, I, was, I was just looking at Crunchbase. It looks like you guys did uh, one venture out with Capital Mills in the Netherlands. Is that correct?
1: Or? Yeah, correct. So, uh, when we, uh, this was mid 20, 2016, um, mm-hmm. we are not a typical uh, VC funded uh, company. Uh, back then, mm-hmm. we were talking to uh, quite a few interesting VCs in, uh, <laughs> in, uh, in Holland and in, uh, in, and in England. But what we've noticed is that the their um, how do I say it their vision and the way they invent that they, the way they invest is really really uh, with um, from how, how do I say it uh, they really expect high scalability and um, we are a B2B niche SaaS product so if you invest in a B2C product of course you can scale much faster but with B2B and specifically, in uh, particularly in our industry, it's just it's it's just a different a different market. So we've noticed that uh, it wasn't always a match with some of the VCs that we spoke with. So we were looking for uh, for a partner that understood our industry and also understood that hey, triple-digit growth is not going to happen within our uh, the the way we want to build the company. Um, and they uh they like our vision and uh so they uh did a first uh early stage round of funding and actually now we are in the in the process of uh, preparing our uh our next uh, uh round of funding for twenty twenty one yeah because we I can now take the company uh, uh further into the european market which is an exciting time um but capital mills? Yeah, they've been a good, uh, good partner so far.
0: Yeah, so so it's basically your your VC funder, but not with the usual um, like uh, huge, huge scaling
1: expectations. Yeah, because we believe more in um, yeah, like a healthy growth. I'm not saying that when you are growing to three hundred percent that is not healthy. That's impressive and amazing, but uh, we really want to build uh, a business. We really want to build a team and what we've learned uh, so far is that building a product and selling a product is is is, is totally different than building a business um and um uh, yeah we 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 needed someone that understood the our pace basically yeah? how we wanted to do things and and our vision um so yeah that's where we are today yeah if Conc-
0: if you can sort of paint paint your vision uh for for the listeners where where do you see my opinion going um in the next well few years let's say
1: um, so now, if you look at, uh, we're getting a lot of. Uh, if you look at our customer base, um, let's say seventy percent is coming from uh, outside of the Netherlands, and thirty percent is in the Netherlands. Uh, and we still have quite a lot of customers in the, in in the Netherlands. So we see a lot of traction um, from uh, markets outside the Netherlands. Um, if you look at the market of com- competition, mainly in the US, we uh, are up against companies such as ServerMonkey, uh, companies such as Medalla, their digital solution, uh, Qualtrics. These are all listed and um, uh, larger businesses. Um, for us, uh, what we see happening now is there's, there's a lot of momentum uh, happening in European markets, such as France, such as Germany, and the UK. Three, four years ago, we still had to explain the concept of user feedback. But now, we get so many leads from those markets that we decided that, okay, we're really going to focus on, uh, on on those markets, and we want to become the biggest in, in those markets. So we are now currently serving over uh, 200 logos, and uh our goal is within the next three years that we want to serve uh at least a thousand unique logos in our key markets. So uh uh the DAC region, the Nordics, uh the Northwestern European markets and UK. That's where we mainly focus on. Funny enough, we also have a lot of clients in the in the in the US, but it's such a saturated market, and it's such a crowded market, and it's uh easier for us to uh to become the number one uh uh, solution within the space in Europe, than going up against those uh, uh, listed companies in the U.S. Because then we would also need a whole different funding uh, funding model, and that would also impact our strategy and our vision.
0: Yeah, um, can, can you can you rely, rely on paid paid model, uh, or or are you more? working on sort of organic traffic sources, what works, what works best for you then? And is there a difference between US and Europe perhaps?
1: Um, yeah, I think uh, the, if, if I look at our uh, lead generation, it's all done, uh, most of it is done organically. We really have a minim, minimum uh, marketing uh, budget that we spend on paid ads. So we were fortunate enough to, uh, you know, to start, creating content uh, uh, in time and and really focusing on the SEO and how we had to structure these uh, articles that we've written and that helped us help us a lot with uh, the organic ranking and so we're still benefiting benefiting from that today and yeah it's only increasing um and now we are slowly testing more with uh with paid models uh, so I don't have enough data on that uh, on that yet but that's still funny enough still something uh, that we haven't uh uh tested in the past because it was simply not uh not needed uh, at the time but now of course as you scale we uh, are focusing a lot on uh, producing uh, native content so we are hiring native speakers so uh, native french native german and all the content that we have we're going to translate it in the in the local language so that ho- hopefully will help us with uh with the ranking better for those specific markets yeah um but I would still say that ninety percent of all the leads is uh, is through uh, organic. And now um, you ask me about the differences between the U.S. and uh, Europe. You mean in terms of the market maturity? In in terms
0: of um, the the channels with which you can attract people, like maybe it's much more expensive in the U.S. to run ads, or or more competitive SEO wise, or I don't know. I don't know what yeah, the differences definitely. are for you
1: yeah so what we've noticed is that uh for us um uh using the the standard uh ad strategy so having paid ads on facebook google etc yes we get leads but the quality of the leads uh doesn't really justify the investments um and uh, what we've noticed is that linkedin is a much more suitable suitable uh channel for us especially uh, for the US, we've noticed that they love downloading free content. They love white papers. They love webinars. And so we are testing that part uh, uh, right now uh, to see whether that's something that could work uh, for the European market as well. But yeah, as I said, I don't have enough data yet on uh, on that. Yeah. But I see the, the difference. The difference is, is that the in the US, there's so much more competition and so much more content already out there uh, that you really have to, uh, you need to have the, you need to have to, you need to write a unique piece in order to maybe still find your way and, uh, and still uh, make some noise. In Europe, there's still so much opportunity because it's still a relatively new uh, um, um, concept, uh, mm-hmm. digital user feedback. Um, so I would say uh, the differences is that the maturity in, uh, in in the market, where Europe is still upcoming and learning, the the US is much for, further, and that also uh, requires a different strategy and a different approach.
0: Yeah, yeah. So as 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 chief revenue officer and co-founder of uh, Opinion, what what is it that keeps you up at night lately like what is it specifically that you're working on these days as sort of your priorities
1: yeah so what uh, kept me up last night was my four-year-old who couldn't yeah. sleep yeah and uh, and 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 woke me up but um i normally really yeah yeah thanks yeah but normally uh, i really focus on having a good sleep and i do my meditation before i go to bed so i don't worry too much but i don't understand the question so i think what we are really uh, figuring out now and really, really fills my head with a lot of uh, thoughts. And uh, sometimes even a bit of stress is like, um, how are we going to scale to the next phase? So how are you going to scale the company from, from X million to XX million? Um, What, Is like uh, you know what are the buttons that we need uh, that we need to uh, 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 tweak? What are the things that we need to change? Mm -hmm. And there's so much information that we have now, so much data, so we know a lot more. But um, you have to test, you have to test, see what it does, and sometimes that just takes a while, and you want to go faster. Than uh, you're sometimes capable of, and yeah, that frustrates me sometimes. And uh, I think that's a lot of uh, a lot of my a lot of my thoughts are going into that. How we can how we can scale the business further into uh, into the uh, Europe.
0: Yeah. So how how does your day look like then? Are you are you are you actively spending part of your day on that, or is just like in the back of your head? Uh, it's sort of um. questions.
1: Yeah so we are we are going through some uh, really good changes now um we are hiring uh, a new marketing team lead so mm-hmm. i think uh, i think the last 6 to 9 months ago we started um restructuring the the teams so now we have a, a team lead in uh, in, the, in sales new business we have a team lead customer success uh, we are hiring a team lead marketing. We're starting next month. So we are professionalizing the internal organization. And with that, uh, with uh, those new colleagues and with this new setup, um, we're also rolling out like our strategy of how we think that we can grow within the next years. And we're also changing uh, the, the mindset of the team where before, you know, we were really testing things, see what works. And if it didn't work, we, uh, we, we, we left it. But now we want to become more performance driven. So, uh, and really make ourselves accountable for the results. And the culture in our team is really open and really informal and, and I love that, it's great. But that's also has a downside where maybe sometimes uh, it's not always clear what we expect from, uh, from, uh, from the team or um, okay, if we don't hit our targets okay yeah well better luck next time and of course that's 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 one way of 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 doing it but in this phase of the company we need to have more uh, accountability and we need to uh, all have the mindset of okay these are the targets and we're going to make sure that we're going to top them um so yeah that's uh that's something that we uh that we are working on a lot so my day most of the time it's uh looking in uh, in salesforce seeing what new leads have uh, uh, come in uh, demos who are we talking to what are they saying just learning because mm-hmm. even though even though i'm not doing uh, actively sales anymore i still want to know what's going on uh, you know what kind of industries are signing up what kind of uh, personas are we uh, are are talking to us um then um i also manage the uh, the finance side of the business of course we have a, a team now that does all the all the uh all, all the, the accounting of accounting yeah. uh but yeah i want to be updated i want to know what's going on with the numbers where are we in terms of MRR? where do we expect to be uh in terms of uh, of cash flow i then uh have a chat with the customer success to see what's happening with them uh, are things churning if you're churning how will that impact the the MR So that's uh, most of the mornings. It's just talking and see what happened uh, happened uh, the previous days and uh, and things that the teams are working with. Um, then, depending uh, for now, we are recruiting for four or five roles. So I just now had a had a job interview with uh, with the candidate. I always want to do the second uh, the second uh, interview with candidates because I find it important that they, you know, at least talk to one of the co founder so they know uh-huh. where we stand for and stuff um then um yeah it uh, it, it depends could be working on uh an investor reports or um, going uh, uh through uh, a list of new partner companies and trying to reach out to the c to the ceo or uh, the, the, the strategic uh, allegiance partner trying to set up meetings uh talking to a lot of uh, investors nowadays of course already preparing uh our next, uh, our next move, uh-huh. um, and then towards the end of the day is when uh, I try to uh, uh, finalize or try to send out all the emails that I still had to do. Uh, try to read some blogs just to stay, uh, stay uh, uh, updated, and then um, yeah, then I normally uh, finish my day. But of course, through the night, through the evening, you know, my phone is still on, so I'm still checking what's happening that's one of the things of course you can never let it you can never really let it go yeah uh, so it just uh, just goes on but um yeah this whole chief revenue thing is what we decided to do last uh, last year where we said we it needs to be more clear to the team who's responsible for what and you know that's also the phase that we are in um and my skill sets is more in uh, the numbers and uh, and and the sales uh colleague uh, Flores and case, they have uh, they have their other skill sets, so they focus on technology and and, and, and marketing, and that's how we complement each other. Um, yeah. But yeah, but I can't tell you that being a chief revenue uh, officer that uh, you know that typically you do this. It's always a mixture because in the end you're still also one of the co-founders, mm-hmm. so you will always have more responsibilities than your job title uh, basically uh, allows you to have
0: yeah yeah for sure well, what is it actually in all of this that um gives you energy personally
1: but that sort
0: of gets you in flow state or
1: yeah you mean um uh besides the business no
0: i mean in within all these things that you do as a chief revenue officer oh, what okay, is yeah. it that when you when you get up in the morning you're like okay well, let's go for it and you you sort of feel the energy going or when you're Working throughout the day, that uh, like hours seem to fly by. What is it exactly that you're doing at that moment? So,
1: of course, with me uh, being uh, mainly responsible for sales, um, I, I love it when we when I see that uh, the pipeline is filled, uh, that we have new demos coming up, and uh, I love to hear how how uh, other demos went from uh, with uh, with prospects um and when we have uh, uh, when we need to write a proposal i talk to uh my colleagues from sales and see okay how can we quote this how can we do this and that's i really feel that that whole sales business the whole sales side growing the business seeing that something works that prospects get excited when they see our software that really gives me that still gives me a lot of uh a lot of energy because in the end i can uh you know whether it's a 5k deal that we sign or a 50 50k deal it's just cool when you uh when you grow and when you when you still uh attract and sign up new customers and and that's really something that i uh yeah that will always keep me uh keep me going
0: yeah cool you mentioned that you um you have a, a young kid um what is sort of that that you are busy with next work is that mostly with uh, him or her or
1: yeah, so I actually have two, two kids. Two kids. Uh, two kids indeed, one of seven year old, my daughter, and then my son, he's four years old. Mm-hmm. So actually they're both going to school now. And um, I've noticed that uh, uh, now that they're both at school, my wife and I, we can actually uh, uh, work properly in the, in the daytime. So that's, that's nice. Um, but they definitely keep me busy. Um, when they're from school, uh then I, I i you know try to spend as much time as i can uh with them and not just uh whack them behind the, behind the ipad we we you know we really invest a lot of time in uh reading with them uh arts and crafts uh, going for nice walks helping uh, uh you know practicing school stuff um so that's a lot of my uh my time uh, next to the business and then on a personal level um I uh yeah I I love playing uh, playing the guitar even though I'm not really great at it but I just I just love music uh I love doing long hikes just uh, this weekend I went out for a hike of uh, around 25 miles with one, one of my mates and uh-huh. it's just just nice to be out I love my exercise so we do a lot of uh, uh a lot of sports and uh I played t- I started playing tennis recently and uh, yeah, uh, of course, uh, reading, uh, learning new things. So it's uh, it's. I think the 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 funny thing now of the time that we live in, the whole the whole COVID situation, of course, it's 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 all yeah, pretty shit, of course. But on the other hand, now that we all have to work remote, uh, it gives me a bit more flexibility in combining um my private life and my uh and 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 work um and yeah it, that that goes pretty uh, pretty well because uh you know i can invest more time in uh, in the kids and um if i'm working and i'm like hey man i need to have a break now just go out go into town pick up a coffee go for a walk and come back and i'm all fresh again yeah so yeah it's uh it's 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 busy of course with uh having a young family but that's also it also gives me a lot of energy
0: yeah you live in the in Rotterdam right is that is that city center or or? yeah
1: so actually uh, when we when the three of us started working together we were all living in Rotterdam and funny enough Flores with my other colleague the other co-founder he was living in exact in the uh, same uh, uh building as I was what we never saw saw or met each other so that was funny uh yeah. but now that we all married and uh all have kids the other uh, colleagues who also have kids we all moved to the little uh to a little well i live now in uh close to uh, the hague mm-hmm. and uh case of flores they live more closer to us rather than but not living in the city anymore but f- luckily we still have our office in the middle of the city center so whenever we are there we still get that buzz and city vibe yeah you're working from home now or the office home right Yeah. so we started yeah from home indeed so we started going back to the office uh at least for two days and that was it was pretty cool seeing the colleagues again and uh you know working together working together and then after after work uh having a having a a, a drink uh unfortunately yeah then we all had to go back uh remote and i think it will stay like this for uh for for a while um Luckily, we were always uh, already uh, at the infrastructure, so everything is in the cloud. Um, So yeah, it was a relatively easy uh, switch for us to go from office work to remote. Although I've noticed that for some of the colleagues who are living in uh, still uh, sharing their house with with roommates or don't have enough space, yeah, then it can be uh, can be difficult, of course. But unfortunately, yeah, these are the the the, the rules now uh, in, yeah. uh, in the Netherlands. I guess it's the yeah. same in Belgium.
0: Yeah, I, I suppose very similar. Um, currently, we're back to Tilla working fully. Uh, I know some companies don't really uh, follow the rules so much, although I think there's supposed to be inspections. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, actually, with with Salesforce, we've been remote uh, since March we've never really gone back to the office we've we've made the office available if people wanted to work there but then alone in a room yeah um just if you wanted to get out of your space um there's indeed people who who live with other people but there's also people who live completely alone which is also uh, not fun obviously
1: yeah i can uh, uh, i can imagine yeah it's
0: going to be a, a long winter for some i think for all of us <laughs> but a bit
1: more yeah busy. Yeah indeed indeed so, so yeah that's it's going to be i guess a bit more depressing when it's winter and uh, you can't really leave your uh, your room uh, yeah. but i really think that uh, the the office that indeed um uh, the way we interact with the office it will change and more be beca- i think it will become more like a social hub yeah it will become more fluid where you will come in and you you go out and you work from home the next day so yeah, yeah let's see uh I, I, think I think so too.
0: Especially yeah. for us software companies, it's a bit easier because we're already so digital by nature. Yeah, uh, like like you and us, we 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 sell remotely like to most of our clients. Like you, yeah. you still have thirty percent in in the Netherlands, so there's yeah. maybe some that you drive to, but all the others are
1: so mm. Zoom calls and all. Yeah, I remember when we when we started, I was like driving, driving, and doing like yeah. all these face. Yeah, you were probably the same. All these face to face meetings. Yeah. and i'm quite happy that that's not the case anymore because it's so much more efficient but yeah let's see uh, i also see it with corporates uh, my, my uh, wife she works for uh, mm-hmm. a, a large us uh, corporate and even there they're already experimenting with uh, keeping the whole remote uh, yeah uh, thing going so certainly mm-hmm. interesting to see uh, to see what happens
0: yeah uh, are there any other uh, cool startups you should know about in, in rotterdam
1: um yeah so we had this uh, well wasn't really a startup anymore uh this company called Mendix also a software company and yeah those guys they did an amazing job they had this low low code uh platform and they started in Rotterdam uh I think a while ago I think 2005 2006 and um scaled the business and then eventually it got sold to Siemens I think for a large amount of uh, money. I think it was up to six, between six, 800 million. Oh. Uh, so that's, I guess, the biggest success story in uh, in Rotterdam so far. And the funny thing is, is that, of course, when you talk about the whole tech community in, in the Netherlands, they automatically start talking about Amsterdam. Uh, and I think for a while that was the case. But ever since Rotterdam has become more appealing, um, because it's a it's a lot of Rotterdam is really a city of design um, because everything was everything was of course bombed during the war so architects they had like a, a playground they could build everything uh, from scratch again so it's an interesting city and it attracts a lot of uh, a lot of youngsters uh, focusing on design art and stuff and uh, through that now it, Rotterdam also got a lot of international appeal and uh, and 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 because of that now we attract a lot of International students and a lot of startups who are uh, who are uh, building their uh, their their business there. So yeah, I know I know uh, I know a few, but um, we have one one um, uh, other startup. Our investors they invest in them as well, and they uh, they are focusing on uh, on AI with uh, advertising. Uh, some complicated stuff so I know that they are around and there are definitely more things happening I, uh, I mean I think more youngsters now are uh, experimenting with their own business directly uh, after uni or when even when they're still in school mm-hmm. uh, we get a lot of invitations from uh, university in Rotterdam or the, the other schools in Rotterdam to uh, do like a workshop and to uh, share your experiences to a student, so there's yeah. definitely more definitely more happening. That's cool. Maybe then uh, slowly wrapping up, going into
0: learnings, um, what is the, the latest good book you've read and why
1: did you choose to read it? Um, related to, uh, well, I'm reading two books at the moment. So uh, the one uh, I'm reading now is called Hooked by mm-hmm. uh you know it nirial yeah Nereal, yeah indeed so i started reading it i'm still reading it but um i'm not sure how you experienced it and of course the whole thing of the book is about changing habits to make sure that your that your customers that they keep coming back keep using your uh, your uh, your solution but then i also watched the social dilemma and yeah it makes you wonder like hey but wait is this really a good <laughs> a good thing that we want to do of course from a commercial perspective the more they use it eh, the more they interact with your software the better but why would I want to create this addictive kind of habit uh, amongst my uh, my customers so I still have some ethical yeah uh, conflict Uh, but it's a it's a good book and it's really interesting uh, uh, to read about the stories you know how uh, how these guys how they've done that and yeah of course I'm. Uh, I'm. am uh, not sure uh, if if for you goes the same, but yeah. If I if I look at LinkedIn, I keep coming back to see if I have more notifications, to see if I have likes, etc., all of that stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, I think there is certainly a um, a balance there. Like for instance, when I think about our product, Salesforce, uh it's very important that salespeople uh, use <laughs> the CRM consistently. Yeah. Um, that they keep coming back, that they fill out the information when they need to. That. To a certain extent, the serum becomes addictive, uh, but of course, there's there's when you when you start crossing uh, the, the the that healthy line, uh, you start coming in the in the um, the territory of that uh, documentary. What was it called indeed? Again? Yeah, the social social dilemma. Yeah, and and I actually heard from a from a friend here, a fellow startup here in Antwerp. He interviewed Neryal for his uh, the launch of his product. Oh, and, awesome. Um, Nirial was actually interviewed uh, for uh, that documentary, mm-hmm. but they didn't use any of his uh, interview material uh, because he represented like the 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 good side of it, and yeah. they wanted to focus on the bad sides.
1: So. Yeah, indeed. That's uh, I mean you even see it happening uh, now with the whole uh, whole COVID thing. Eh? You have people that are like against it, watching all these videos on YouTube and YouTube make sure that it keeps that they keep coming back, keeps presenting them with more videos and stuff. And then you wonder, like, yeah, is this really good thing that's uh, that's happening. But I definitely agree for CRM software. Yeah, of course, uh, we use Salesforce every day and the same thing goes for us. Uh, you need to come and uh, keep keep uh, logging in and check your your feedback, see what's happening but it needs to be in a, in a healthy way. So that's an interesting book. Uh, another book, but that has nothing to do with uh, with the business, but more with personal interest, is called uh, The Journey of Our Genes. It's this is a book by this German um, scientist who's describing the story about how uh, yeah, how we migrated from uh, from Africa to, uh, to uh, Western Europe. It's a pretty fascinating book, especially with everything that's happening now in our society. So if you have an interest in that, definitely go and read it.
0: Yeah, um, I'm typing it here in um, in Goodreads, but I can't immediately find it.
1: Journey of Our Genes, you said. Yeah, it's just it was just released. I think it's only in. Uh, I'm not sure if it's on uh, on uh, uh, Kindle yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I have, I have a hard copy. Okay. Actually, I prefer reading the hard copy because it's been a while since I had an actual book in my hands.
0: Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll 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 keep looking at it. I, I'm actually a biomedical engineer by background. Ah, cool. Uh, so I, I I used to work in healthcare for a while. I'm really uh, sort of passionate about it, but uh, there's also a lot of things that I noticed in healthcare that I didn't really like.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's why I'm not in healthcare right now.
1: That's why you're in sales. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's much more exciting. Healthcare is so slow. You have no idea.
1: Oh yeah, I can imagine. And,
0: uh, there's a a lot of. Uh, Good intentions combined with also, uh, sort of, um, I, I don't know how to say, um, fake intentions as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, that it's, uh, yeah, special. Um, cool. Final two questions. Um, is, is there anything you wish you would have known uh, before you started out with Mopinion? Like anything, if you would start over that, you would do differently?
1: Oh, definitely. So I think that's also one of the the best uh, uh, advice that was given to me. Start selling as soon as possible. I think when we started, we were really focusing on the product, really thinking it needs to be this. It needs to be perfect. And uh, at that same moment, we were thinking our competitors, they were like already, you know, uh, entering the market, already selling it. Yes, it's good. Your product needs to be a certain uh, a certain level, but don't focus on it too long. It doesn't need to be perfect. Start talking to your customers. Learn from their feedback. Uh, you don't have to be... The product doesn't have to be 100% in order to set it. And that's definitely something that uh, I would do different because we waited too long with the uh, execution of, uh, of of our sales strategy. Yeah, how long did you kind of wait with that? Oh, yeah, well, uh, I think... Uh, we were, uh, yeah, I think uh, we were delayed by definitely uh, definitely a year. Oh. We, uh, yeah, yeah. Because we, uh, we were just, because from origin, we're not all have a sales, uh, like a, a strong sales background. And we were a perfectionist. We really wanted to have a, really, a good solid product. Mm-hmm. And that's, of course, a good thing. But you also need to think of the commercials. You also need to sell because with the feedback from your customers, you can even build a better product um so that's something that i would definitely do uh do different
0: yeah yeah did you do any customer interviews before you started building or you really just start building and uh,
1: we, yeah so that's uh maybe also we're a bit too stubborn sometimes because we just started building yeah. and uh, you guys did the same or uh you uh uh no we we uh
0: We started off with uh, actual sales conversations. So we created a deck and a sort of a prototype. It was like a a front end that did nothing, but something we could show. Yeah. Um, And then um, we would go to people and we would try to sell it. And they had all these questions, but we were not very systematic about it at the start. And it's only after about, uh, I think, five months or so Mm. that we started doing systematic uh, customer interviews. Uh, and that taught us so much about yeah. what all the background was, what issues people had in software for sales uh, all, all this kind of stuff it It was a bit overwhelming as well, and it made us um, uh, see too many issues that we wanted to solve
1: yeah, so we yeah. had to
0: come back <laughs> That's the
1: downside yeah. uh,
0: to the to the core at some point after after uh, running a circles for a bit. Uh, but then definitely after that, I'm 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 super happy that we did that. And next time I start a company, I'll I will go about this even more systematically. Yeah. Um especially these uh, customer interviews. Um they they start as interviews and getting to know people, but that's essentially um is the start of a of a of a sales conversation. Indeed. And at, at the moment that you have built what what they were sort of looking for you can go back and you say okay so we we talked like some months ago what do you think about this does this now solve your issues or doesn't it and at some yeah. point you you end up selling to these people
1: yeah yeah that's that's uh, that's a great way to uh to start indeed but that's for
0: next time yes yes
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well thank you again Udash, for being on finder coffee uh, yeah thanks for having me really great to have you
1: likewise thanks and uh, yeah good luck with uh, with the next uh, upcoming podcast
0: yeah you too and the business all right take care bye 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 that's it for this episode of founder coffee we hope you liked it let the world know if you did thanks for listening guys